Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. 2016 was a crazy year. Did we take our country back or just go deeper down the rabbit hole? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6 is my normal time, and that is where what I'm doing today. It is New Year's Eve, and we are live taking calls. But my schedule does move around a little bit, so if you want to keep track of that, you can usually find it on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. But I also have another website, The Prop Report, as in the propaganda report that I do with my producer, Binkley, here, where we uh, actually do other shows for YouTube and iTunes, but I do post what's going on on my WSB show. Also, Binkley, when people uh, go there, you want them to do what? Subscribe to iTunes or YouTube or what's the best thing? Subscribe to iTunes, subscribe to YouTube. And and right now, if you're at home, go leave us reviews and, you know, Uh, awesome stuff. I could not. Something went wrong with my mic, but that's okay. Um, So that sounds good. Next week I'm on from five to seven and I will do my predictions for, uh, for 2017, which is funny because it's usually a great show. I do. I I've had such fantastic predictions in the past. I predicted that legal pot would would take the country. I predicted that uh, heroin and the opioids would be big in the news. I predicted the Ferguson effect before it even had a name, which was that police pullback would lead to a real or perceived increase in crime. Had a lot of things like that. But when I look back at my 2016 show, Uh, For the year, I did actually uh, have a fair number of accurate predictions, but the big one, the one that's just absolutely the worst, uh, is the one that everybody got wrong, who was going to win the election. So there, I, uh, I really, it really turned my worldview upside down. And I I feel like there's, I I wanted to identify what the feeling was for, uh, for 2016. What's like the zeitgeist of 2016. And I look at, uh, I kind of tried to find it within myself. I have some insights, but I want to know what your feeling is. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK are our numbers. You can also tweet at me. I've got some great tweets at Monica Perez Show. Uh, Some great tweets answering that question. And I have to, uh, I think one of them, I got one tweet that kind of uh, reflected, I think, what I felt. It's from Suit and Tie Guy. I'm having to recalibrate my worldview now. I'm no longer certain the CFR set have the control over things that they did. The CFR is the Council on Foreign Relations. If you have this 
conspiranoid or conspiracy theorist cast of mind as I do. You look at the Council of Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, as the ones that are in control. And, and, and this election did kind of turn my worldview upside down. But I was trying to identify it like my feeling for 2016. What's the meaning of it? What's the theme of it? And I had a funny insight last night, a, a kind of epiphany, where I was watching this show with my daughter. The It's called Project Runway Junior. Binkley, do you, do you ever watch these? I, I never miss a Project Runway Junior. <laughs> particular one but are all the reality shows the same like there's a bunch of people that start out and then there's one winner at the end pretty much okay so i watched that i watched top chef i never watched the apprentice or survivor but i assume they're all the same somebody gets eliminated right so so i was watching this project runway junior and first of all my daughter wanted to watch it who's 12 and i was immediately like what the heck because one of the contestants has a uh has uh, his signature style is what he called bondage couture. <laughs> so a teenager, I know. I was like, uh, okay. So I, I don't want to even have to explain that to my daughter. So we should actually have a whole show on how to deal with pop culture while trying to raise school-age kids because I really think it's, like, deliberately subversive. In any case, I did go – we we kept watching because she loves this show. We watched the regular Project Runway. And by the end of it, I'm saying, talking to the TV, like, oh, that definitely, the, the super short kid, he's out. There's no way he's going to make it. He's getting eliminated. And he was the worst. He was crying. Like, everybody knew, all his competitors, everybody knew he was definitely not going to make it. It was so obvious. And then, of course, in the end, he does not get eliminated. And I'm sure anybody who watches any of these reality shows has had the exact same experience where you just know the you're just you're surprised. So time after time, you can see the pattern. And obviously, during the show, they totally manipulate how you're thinking about it so that you can be surprised yet again. They can constantly pull the rug out from under you. And I had it was so funny because I could tell inside myself like this emotion that I was feeling was exactly the same as what I had felt repeatedly through 2016 and what's and i kept getting fooled by it never saw that pattern and it's funny because i was actually calling the whole year the whole election cycle everything first i was calling it the primaries a reality show then i was calling it the election a reality show but i didn't see the ultimate parallel which would be the surprise ending the bondage. It, it was the what? The bondage. <laughs> no, no. That was just an aside. The oh, bondage. oh, okay. No, it's the, it was the fake out. It was the bamboozle. <laughs> and it, it even came down to during the election year, the, the polls were all wrong. But from the beginning, I was looking at Jeb and saying, you know, he's going to win because he's the normal guy. And even if you don't like him, we've been taught since we were uh, just since as long as I can remember only the normal guy wins. The the fringe guy does not win. Take it from this Ron Paul supporter. You are told you can never vote for the outsider because he will never win. So I just didn't believe it. And then, so I got fooled with the Jeb thing. Then I got fooled again with the Hillary thing because it was like, okay, the outsider doesn't win. It's definitely the establishment person. That's just what we've been kind of just conditioned to think. And I was bamboozled again. So I feel like... Uh, Right after the election, my kind of 
how I would describe 2016 in one or two words was, uh, you know, upended worldview. But now, as I reflect on it more, I'm thinking uh, bamboozle, you know, reality show 2.0. I mean, I just really feel like, you know, you could really go down the rabbit hole even further and say, because when I watch these shows, I think the fix is in. I think, well, obviously that kid really should have been eliminated, but he wasn't because they they just want the show to engage you or whatever, not be so predictable, keep you on the edge of your seat. Then you got to wonder if there was even more manipulation during the election cycle than than you otherwise would have thought. But what I really want to do, there's so many great, fun things that we can do in looking back on 2016. So let's start with, What's the overarching feeling? What's your, what's your, what was the theme of 2016? 404 1-800-WSB talk. And we can do, uh, I've got lots of great tweets. You can tweet throughout the show at Monica Perez show. Binkley, what you, I want to know your, I want to hear some tweets, but I also want to know what, what do you think in a nutshell? What was your 2016 theme? Harnessing the digital herd. All right. That you got to unpack something like that. That's I think not a that the, there's been the elites can now spontaneously cause social movements directly contacting people through social media before people can even predict what's going to happen. Okay, so it's it's like astroturf, cyber astroturf. Yeah. So they said the Tea Party was astroturf. Pelosi said that that was like manufactured. I think Occupy was astroturf. I think mostly everything's astroturf now. But you're saying it's like astroturf. From the digital... They can cause an explosion of any kind of movement they want by going directly to people through Facebook and Twitter and all of that. Right. Okay. And what uh, what do you feel? That's a good one. And actually, it's a little foreshadowing for 2017 because I feel like this whole Russian Obama's fight with Putin right now is him launching a cyber war or really using a cyber war as an excuse for... The next level for Trump to take uh, information control to the next level. So we're going to get into that next weekend on our 2017 show. Give me I've got lots of calls I'm going to get to give me a couple of tweets, though. I, I really um, love All right. the, the, the pithy insight of the tweets. Oliver says that Americans are putting too much faith in politicians. Hillary fans are devastated and afraid and Trump's fans are rejoicing and feeling empowered. Yes, I think that's true. And uh, there's a Twitter, there was a hashtag 2016 in four words, which the really good ones were the Hillary followers who were just devastated. So I want to actually, let's get to that later in the show. Let's read some of those. They do counterbalance with some of the Trump ones, but it was really (laughs) the despair that was coming across in the 2016. It was funny because it reminds me of when Obama was elected and Newsweek put on uh, We're All Socialists Now was the headline on the front cover of Newsweek magazine. And it just sent the 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 right small government people just apoplectic, like on purpose, I think, now in retrospect. So I, I see that the, now the left, it's their turn to be have complete like seizures. Anyway, you got one more tweet for me and then we're going to. Um... Yeah. B. Hutchell says that the biggest story of 2016 for him was that Obama is a pathetic leader. And the best thing, hands down, is that Hillary lost the election. 
<laughs> yes, I got a lot of that. I got more Hillary lost than Trump won. Right. I mean, it was the ultimate who are you against. And the Obama thing, he really ended his uh, presidency on, um, you know, a, a note that I would not think he would want as a legacy. So I feel like he's he wasn't the guy who made the call on that. That's my feeling. But I've got uh want to get to your calls on what you feel was the overarching feeling of 2016. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. It is 41 degrees outside the studio, a 5 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about 2016 in review. What was your feeling about it? Like, what was your emotion? I feel like it was such a jam-packed year. Was it a turning point? Was it uh, to open up a new way of looking at things for you? Give me a call at 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go to Joseph in Woodstock. Hi, Joseph. You're on with Monica. I cannot hear you, Joseph. Say it again. Uh oh. Well, All right, here, here's here my, you go, here's Joseph. Th- there you go. Start over. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, let me tell you that I think 2016 was a year of change. Mm-hmm. I did. I did get the election right. I you did. Like a, yes, I did. I, I felt like there was a really deep sense of unrest. The substantive issues were not being discussed. No real move forward plans for the things that concern me and a lot of the people that I know, uh, you know, it was just a lot of, uh, a lot of focus on, on, uh, you know, minority issues. Um, well, let's just say emotional issues, you know, emotional mm-hmm. social issues, right? Yep. And so, you know, uh, but my life itself took a lot of changes. I had, had some family stuff, changed a job to, for better, different things like that. So I, I really see it. It's all about change. And Monica, I'm telling you that I think it's going to be better. I think there's a lot of people that are fearful, but I, I do believe that it's going to, uh, as we move forward in the future, we're going to have we're going to have a better, you know, uh, a better experience as Americans. And I think we're going to, you know, being being from a business perspective, we saw a lot of money sidelined. People, companies were not investing in the economy and the workers because the uncertainty with cost. And you know, I think that's all going to change. So I think it's positive. Yeah, that is a good point. Thank you very much. And I love the positivity. So uh, I, it is so hard for me to remain positive because I look at things like I look at the election. Uh, I've always thought the election was rigged. And so or at least that there was a lack of integrity in in the elective process. I just not the electoral college, not the popular thing. I'm not worried about Russian hacking. I just think that we are manipulated, highly manipulated, whether it's the way polls ta- uh, are told to us or even uh, at the ground level. In some cases, I remember when Ron Paul was running in the primaries, you could find examples of how his people who voted for him, their votes did not count. So I've always been skeptical of the election process. And when Trump said that the election could be rigged, we all knew it was true, that it could be rigged. So I, I always try to scratch the surface on it. But I do want to stay positive. I do want to have a positive outlook about it. So give me what you got. But it, but if it if it isn't positive, I'll take anything that you want to give me about what 
your feeling was for 2016. Give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'll get to your calls after this and to your tweets at Monica Perez Show. Throughout the show, I'm on till 6, I want to go through some of the best hashtags and uh tweets that I got talking about 2016. They're so short and sweet and it'll really stimulate your thoughts. So if you want to tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. You maniacs! You blow it up! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. But it does move around a little bit, so you're going to want to keep uh, track of that through my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. But next week, I'm going to be on from 5 to 7, Saturday, January 7th, to launch the my 2017, where I look at what's coming, what's to come in 2017. Not great on 2016. I did get a lot of predictions right, but not the one that mattered most, which was who was going to win the election. I really, I was reeling over that. I just, my social conditioning, my mindset, just I was so trained to believe uh, that a guy like Trump could never win, that I just ignored all the signs and I didn't see it coming. And I look back in 2016, I kind of have a feeling, an emotional response to that, that it felt exactly like when I watch reality shows. And in the end, I'm surprised by the winner. And I, and, I, and I get surprised like half the time, which you would think by now you would see the pattern emerging, but they're really good at throwing a monkey wrench into it. So anyway, that was the kind of feeling I got from 2016. But I want to know what you thought was the meaning of 2016, the feeling, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the times, as they call it. 404-872-0750, if those lines are full, 800-WSB-TALK. I also have... Lots of great tweets at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, my producer here, is to help uh, is going to help read some tweets. What you got? Where did Dean go? Sees uh, more things operating than just what's on the surface. He says that there's more at work than just the U.S. establishment here. Oh yeah. So if you if you tweet with me with us. If you direct it at uh, specific people, you can have a real conversation. So I know Dean's down in the rabbit hole with me. <laughs> and that's one of the things that was crazy about this election. It was so obvious that Hillary was the establishment choice and that the establishment runs the world. That when Trump won, there's really only two possible answers. One is that they really don't have a grip on uh, elections or the media or whatever, like they thought they did, or on our minds through the media, they don't actually have that grip. Or the rabbit hole's a little deeper than we thought, that maybe their machinations are more sophisticated or somebody else is running the show than, than who we might have thought. I'm open to all of those possibilities. Anything else? Yeah, Liberty Warrior says that the power of the world is changing, not just in the U.S. People all around the world are waking up to globalism. And he says to watch the spring elections. Ah, yes, because in France and Germany, there are going to be more elections. So he thinks that this is what you see is what you get, that this is a response, uh, a backlash against globalism. Again, I, I have this feeling, yes, that may be true. But what might also be true is that by throwing up these what is being called by the mainstream media nationalist tendencies, especially in Europe where they had such problems with that and and they always kind of persisted over the decades, 
if you show nationalism as winning, you might just get that population, especially in Europe, to overreact and usher in more regionalization, even calls for world government. If they think the U.S. is wacky and causing trouble with Russia and that we're the ones at fault, they might embrace uh, what the Vatican calls a true world authority. I mean, this that's what I'm saying. I think the rabbit hole might be even deeper than I thought. But what do you think, not just about uh, uh, how how opaque, how hard to see all of this is, but what just your gut reaction to it? 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go to some calls. Pat in Woodstock, you're on with Monica. Hi, Pat. Pat. Hey, Monica. How oh, are you I doing? Your show. Can you hear me? Yes, I got gotcha. you. Oh, good. I love your show. Uh, you give so much tremendous information. Um First of all, I grew up real near Washington, D.C. I'm almost 73 years old, and I really embraced the whole idea of, you know, the politics all through the years. So this was quite overwhelming. I, I said it was extremely stressful. However, I don't mean that always in a bad way. I think some of the stress was like, like kind of like this. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, wow, because I don't think we've seen anything yet. For the energy that's going to happen, I'm I'm very very hopeful. So, do you think that this was really the people taking the country back? I do, I absolutely do. I I think I and I I think what we hear is all this. What about the snowflakes and the? Oh, we have <laughs> to have counseling and and let's let's get our hot chocolate out. Give me a break. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's but, certainly that kind of attitude does disempower those people. I mean, you have to be dumb to fall for that because you're not getting anywhere by coddling yourself. So no, not at all. So but maybe I'm, I'm very excited. But when I say stressful, I just mean sometimes when good stress can be kind of overwhelming. It was over and it wasn't just 2016. It was actually, yeah, it was even before. I mean, it, it's been going on for so long. I think we got tired and then all of a sudden, when all this happened, the energy came back in. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I have to say, it did kind of uh, jumpstart my cognitive processes when I, I mean, I just, when I walked in on the night of the election and my son, my 11-year-old, was like, Trump is winning. I still didn't believe it. Then the next day I woke up and it, and, and it happened and I really was scratching my head for a while because my understanding of how the world worked was really challenged by that. And yes, that, I mean, if shock is stressful and it, and it uh, did clear the cobwebs out, even no matter what you think about uh, whether you like or do not like what happened, it certainly gets you thinking, gets you wondering the true nature of power in the world today. I'm going to Jerry and Conyers. Hi, Jerry. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'd like to start by saying I am more excited and encouraged about the future of the, of the United States of America than I have been since Ronald Reagan. I did vote for Trump. It did not surprise me. People are, have, are they're just fed up. What do you with, think is going to be the best thing that comes out of this? What makes the, you most the excited? The best thing is being written right now, in my opinion, and that is Obama and the Democratic Party showing how completely inept they are and how self-serving they are. And I think that's what they're really afraid of, the depth of the exposure that they're fixing to endure. 
There's one thing, though. I, I hear you, and I was, I must say, it's it was very amateurish, it felt like to me, that Obama should go out with uh, such an unnecessary poke in the eye to Russia. It, the, the evidence is not very compelling, and uh, I even read the original text of his executive order with the sanctions and stuff, and even there, it's totally... Uh, a nothing burger, in my opinion, yet the media is totally blowing it up. But, yeah, I didn't think that was a great atmosphere or whatever um, legacy for them. But there's one little thing about this that makes me think it works for the Democrats. They were about to, if Hillary, Hillary is what the anti-war movement calls Hillary because she just had no bones, no compunction about uh, killing people, upending. She giggled at having Gaddafi killed. I wonder what happened with Chris Stevens. I mean, you just have to wonder. And Obama dropped 20,000 bombs on Syria and Iraq in 2015 alone. And if they were the ones who had to keep prosecuting what I think is going to be an escalation of war in the Middle East, they would have lost forever their position as the anti-war party. I think there is a chance that them sitting this one out will at least – Save them for for that, you know, just save them as having an anti-war reputation. Yeah, um, very possibly. I, I think uh, I really think it would have been the end of the United States if Hillary had gotten in there. And I'm one of the I, I guess I'm one of the ones expressing I did not want her in there, but I voted for Trump. Yes, not I understand. Against Hillary. That's different. Yeah. So like most people, I would say of all the tweets I got, almost all of them were at least Hillary lost. Like there was a, the hashtag of hashtag 2016 in four words. So at least Hillary lost was most of it. And so some people did not act, voted for Trump while holding their nose. Some people were really for it. But yes, if if your view is that they would have just lost half the country to hopelessness, that you would have had to have a new party, the Republican Party would have been gone forever, that this action actually preserves the two-party system. And if you're like me and you kind of think that that's been so corrupted that it's really a way to keep us in control, a way to keep us uh, having faith that the hierarchy is still under our command, then this this was actually, in a way, good for the establishment. Unless, and this is a real possibility that I'm opening my eyes to, unless there really still is that level of a power struggle at, at the, you know, at the top between just the simple Democrat, simple Republican, you know, that model. I had rejected that, and I'm still kind of, thinking there's more to this than we see, but it's definitely a possibility. I mean, this is keeping me thinking. I'm going to Mark in Atlanta. Mark, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. Well, I'm going to probably be brief, but what I think is most impel uh, compelling about this whole election and everything and so surprising is that the media was so interested in Trump and really built him up at the beginning to help him get through the primaries. And the whole time they had the ammunition to destroy him. And then when it came time, I guess, to release the tape or whatever, I think that they were too late. And I think people um, basically reject everything that's been going on with a whole host of things, with Obama, with Hillary, with just the corruption and the cheating and the scandal. 
with the Democrats, let alone, I mean, I know they're trying to play up the Russian thing, but gosh, the real story is the, the, the whole CNN getting along with the Democrats and the Yeah, what the emails actually said. It's not like yeah. the, it's not like the Russians made it up, and then and uh, and that was the problem. It wasn't fake; it was real. But I don't I think mean, the Russians did it anyway. I think it was an inside job, you know. Oh, I think so too. But I think what's so amazing is the the media are so beside themselves because they didn't get a pick. They didn't get a to you know do what they what they would normally do and try to you know really influence elections. And you see, can see I how think much. That's- how That's, much they've done in the past and how you know the curtain got pulled back and they look so bad. I know, but I don't I think that uh there's a chance that they knew exactly what they were doing and that for whatever reason they both sides of the aisle, Fox and CNN, acted like played into Trump's selling point that he was anti-establishment and that in itself plus just the round the clock coverage was what got him elected. And then you got to wonder why. I mean, that's when you really start scratching your head or have to get the flashlight out. Why? Well, if that is a scenario, because it's, I, I'm still not ready to abandon the idea that the media has control and an agenda, that they have an agenda, they're sophisticated, they use their power. Uh, so you're not going to, I can't get there, but I am, I'm going to keep taking calls. Hopefully you can persuade me. 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK, and you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez, on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Holding steady at 41 degrees outside the studio. 32 is the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about what was the what was the spirit of the times? What was the What was the mood, the feeling? meaning of 2016 uh give me a call at 800 wsb talk or 404-872-0750 i'm going to angela in mableton hi angela hi monica i think that the spirit of 2016 can be summed up by the words of my favorite high school bus driver she would be driving down the road and the kids would get all you know riled up and things would be going on in the back she would stop the bus she would turn around and she would scream at the top of her lungs, enough is enough and too much is nasty. And I think that's what the average American pretty much said at the ballot box this year. That is a great, great analogy. I love that. And, you know, the thing that's so ironic about it, though, is anybody but Donald Trump, he cannot be considered the average American. He can't be considered as someone who's held traditional values, but that shows how far the left and the Democrats have gone toward, I guess, social engineering or whatever, that the the, the main uh, problems of the country were being ignored and all of this other stuff was being put to the forefront of, you know, traditional American, what you believe is wrong, you know, what is right is wrong, what is wrong is right. You need to get on board or just shut up and sit down. And we said, yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> well, also, I remember from previous years when Ron Paul was running, I, I had the show and people would call and they would say the number one argument against voting for Ron Paul was that he could never win. He is unelectable. Right. And I think... The term unelectable has got to go in the trash bin. 
It does. It does. And it's so funny because I remember the years of Ron Paul, and I remember uh, at first thinking, okay, this guy's kind of wackadoodle. And then as you listen to him and you see the things that unfold, I thought his campaign should be called Not So Crazy Anymore, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, not your crazy uncle. Not uh, or your crazy, crazy uncle's got thought. a chance. I think didn't an elector, I believe an elector actually voted for Ron Paul. So Ron Paul actually got more electoral votes in 2016 than Gary Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, who was on the libertarian ticket. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) Is that funny? It's just funny because it, it shows you that I have always been a vote your conscience person. I just feel like it's my vote. And if I want to use it to game the system, then use it to game the system. If I want to use it to vote my conscience, vote my conscience. It reminds me of when you sit at the blackjack table and other people get mad at you if you don't vote according to the odds, if you don't hit or stay according to the odds, which I actually am one of those people, like, my husband doesn't do it. I'm like, you've got to obey the rules. Anyway, but not in voting. It's your vote. But I've got lots of more great calls coming up. Hang on. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Live and festive in the public's Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6 is my normal time slot, but it moves around a lot because of UGA Sports. So if you want to keep track of when I'm on, check out my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, or my new website, The Prop Report, as in the Propaganda Report, ThePropReport.com, which I do with my producer, Binkley, right here. And uh, I'll always post when I'm going to be on on my WSB show, but we on that site. But we also do... Another show on YouTube, on iTunes, Binkley, uh, tell me again, my microphone was off last night, <laughs> my uh-huh. headphones weren't working right, tell me again how people can help us uh, spread the word on that. Go to the website, subscribe on iTunes, click on the Apple, tell your friends, share it with your friends if you like it, and leave us a rating, um, a review on the iTunes site that helps us move up in the, the rankings, the search engine. So the... Upside of that show is we can really get into depth on the big issues of the week. We don't get uh, have to stop and start a lot. The upside of this show, of course, is we are on uh, the best talk radio show in the country, WSB, and we get all the great calls from the audience. So I've got a lot of calls teed up, but plenty of room on the lines, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We are talking about... The feeling of 2016, what was your takeaway from 2016? But I also tweeted out some stuff. I want to get to some tweets at Monica Perez show uh, that address kind of what were the best and worst things of 2016, the highlights and the lowlights of 2016. And I'll even take calls on Obama's legacy, the highlights and lowlights of Obama's legacy. I bet that we might take the entire time talking about that if we only have one show to do it. But we have lots to cover today. I want to talk about the biggest stories of the 
year and what the agenda they are serving, uh, what they were there for, how they were spun. I want to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about the I had some predictions that did come true in 2016. I missed the big one. A lot of people did not miss the big one that Trump won. I just had my blinders on. So let that that's what my big thing about 2016 is, is the try not to have the blinders on. But but boy, you can just go deeper and deeper into the rabbit holes if you try to find the truth. And sometimes I think that's like what the Internet is for, what the information age is really for, is to uh, keep us, make it impossible for us to really know what's going on, which is as much of a way to kind of neutralize the democratic process as it would be to take our... Uh, information away to to muddy it up with disinformation and all that stuff very hard to navigate the information waters and i think 2016 made that very clear and of course they they did launch the fake news uh back and forth dialectic psyop whatever you want to call it we're going to talk about that stuff next week uh, January 7th from 5 to 7. I'm going to talk about what I see coming in 2017. And that stuff is uh, the in- total information control is a big theme, in my opinion, for what's to come. But I want to get to your calls. 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750. Mike in Duluth. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Yes. Uh, throughout his campaign, he said he was going to appoint a special prosecutor to prosecute Hillary. I'm not going to hold you to the words you say. You know more about that political arena than I do. What is your best guess of what it is that changed his mind? I'm going to hang up and listen to your answer. Okay, Mike. I'll tell you what he said in the that i think it was the last debate so the whole time i'm always like ah this looks like a show it looks like the reality show i wasn't alone in thinking that i mean it wasn't completely off the wall there were such drama you know there's such drama not even a lot of substance it was mostly drama so but when he said to her just threw it out there uh when uh, she said something about I hope you don't get elected. And he said, because you'd be in jail. And he really looked like he meant that. And I'll tell you, that was my my moment where I was like, wow, maybe this thing is for real. You know, maybe I I just I'm getting it wrong. And he really hates her. (laughs) Yeah. So when he immediately tried, so then she came out. Drew Binkley, we talked about this on our show, The Propaganda Report. When it happened, Hillary came out. She did her concession speech, and then she had, as far as I know, one official. She came out one time officially after that at like the Children's Defense Fund, where she looked like death warmed over. Oh yeah, I mean she yeah. It's, it was, they're it making was jokes. Yeah, it was awful. So I said, why would she come out looking like that? There has to be something. And within, I think, 24 hours, Trump said she's been through enough. Right. And she'd been up all night running around the country spray painting swastikas on the side of walls and stuff. (laughs) Oh, because you think all that. I agree with you. That stuff is just meant to make Trump supporters look crazy. The classic false flags where... George Soros operatives are spray painting stuff on the side of yeah. uh, black churches to make it look like Trump supporters are um, actual Nazis. So, yes, for her. So she so then he immediately 
said uh, she's been through enough. And I felt that that was a coordinated effort, that that was something that was um, – it seemed a little stagey. Now that opens up a can of worms that I really don't feel like <laughs> um, climbing into in that, uh, you know, if that was staged, what else was? I mean, I, I really cannot bring myself to think that that Hillary wasn't totally shocked and devastated by this. But who knows if they said, hey, we know you have a lot of stuff on this guy. Everybody has stuff on everybody. She was secretary of state. She probably has stuff on everybody. Uh, we'll throw you a bone, keep you out of jail, or uh, probably both the carrot and the stick. We'll give you a bunch of money somehow through your Clinton Foundation and also keep you out of jail if you just uh, don't tell people, don't make this harder than it needs to be. So I think like the protests and all that kind of stuff are more in the realm of uh, smoke and mirrors, distraction, the popular vote, the electoral college, even the Russian hacking is is to keep our eyes away from what might you know might be real stuff. And I'm not I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm just saying everything just smacks of fluff to me and uh, surface stuff. There's probably stuff behind the scenes that affect all these high level political actors and uh, i think at that level you don't even get to that level if you're not able to be blackmailed so that there's always something they can hold over your head there's always wheeling and dealing to do with the shadowy characters who wield i think the real power so that was way further down the rabbit hole that i planned to go But you know that's where I live, and I and I try to climb out of it after the election. That's where you're comfortable. Yes, it's just it's just what makes sense to me. And I my only question now is like, is there another rabbit hole, you know, that I'm not seeing? Anyway, that will unfold shortly during the next uh, administration. I'm going to John in Atlanta. John, you're on with Monica. Yes, hi Monica. Uh, enjoy your show. Thanks a lot. Um, wanted to. Um... You know, we were talking earlier about uh, the media and Trump and how the media is so focused on him. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, the media exists for one reason or you know, primary reason, and that is to make money. And Trump, he really uh, brought in much higher ratings than any other candidate, and they were forced to focus on him to just keep the, uh, the ratings battle going with the other uh, TV stations. Don't you feel, though, that CNN has always kind of put their agenda above the ratings? In the past, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can understand what you're saying. I think, I think, you know, they can make, they can still get high ratings by really trying to sensationalize the news and sensationalize it in a way that really meets their agenda. So I think they can do both of those things. But but to have you know, Trump in office does probably not serve their agenda, right? Well, no. It, well, it, in some ways it might because it gives them a lot more fodder now to really yes. sensationalize. Yes, yes, that um, is absolutely true. It is absolutely but, true. Yes. But you know, the analogy I love to use. I'm from LA, and one of the things that uh, happens in LA a fair amount—not a lot—but you know, there are car chases, and the TV stations will break in to show a car chase. And I liken Trump's candidacy to a car chase, where everybody had to tune in to watch the chase because you wasn't—you weren't sure what's going to happen. You're waiting for something to happen. The media, really, quite honestly, is waiting for a massive, spectacular car crash at the end so they can have a lot of people watching it and enjoying it. And they were waiting for the Trump car crash. Yeah, the train wreck. Came. My husband calls it the train wreck. Everybody train loves wreck. a train yeah. wreck. And it never came. And the media, you no. know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll patch out to something like that to follow it and uh, to, to try to get people to tune in. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, they, were, they, they really became their own worst enemy. 
I I am begin. I am it, it, six months ago or three months ago. I would have said there's zero chance of what you're saying. <laughs> really, that's how I thought about the mainstream media, uh, especially cable news on the left and right. Now I'm thinking there's like a ten percent chance that they got bamboozled. I still feel like there is another layer of this thing that we can't see, but I think the proof will be in the pudding. Thank you very much for your call, John. Larry, hang on. I'm going to go to a quick break, then I'm going to get to you. I want to also talk about the best and worst of 2016 and the best and worst of uh, the Obama presidency. What is his legacy? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Rain tomorrow with a high of 55. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Recapping 2016, what did it mean for you? What were the best things, the worst things? If it's if it was Obama's uh, last year in office, that, that was your highlight. What was his legacy? What were the best and worst things about his presidency? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Larry in Atlanta. Hi, Larry. You're on with Monica. Hi, thanks for taking my call. The uh, no doubt to me the the zeitgeist, as you say, of 2016 was sadness and depression, and I think the reason for that is because people are so tired of politicians lying to them, and I think what happened with Trump is that everybody was so delighted to hear words coming out of this guy's mouth that included truth now and again, <laughs> like that business you were talking about earlier, you better hope I'm not elected because you're going to jail if I do, things like that. But Politics it's not true, right? Things like that. That's what's scary about that is that I don't think that was true. That was the highlight of his of his campaign, and I feel like he's not going to follow through on it. I mean, well, you know. Yeah, it's like you say, we'll find out as, yeah. as time goes on. But one thing I do know is that, okay, you listen to two politicians. One of them says the sky is green. One of them (laughs) says the sky is red. Somebody's lying. And I think that's what people hate about this whole process. We don't know who's lying. So finally, there's a guy that might be telling the truth. He's got all the money in the world, so that's not an issue. He has plenty of power. That's not an issue. What motivation does he have? lie to us right but here's the thing if the money and the power was a lie and there is an argument that it was you didn't see his tax returns he's been there have been books written about him not really being that rich i'm not trying to be a spoiler i'm just saying that i thought the same thing like what if i if i were a billionaire and i was 70 i would definitely not wade into this the only reason i would do it is if i needed to solidify or establish or expand a legacy for my descendants and and so that's why i thought if this actually enhanced his money and power or kushner who is the father of his descendants uh, you know what i mean if you if you start getting a little more cynical about it you have to find the answers to those questions. But I, I get where you're coming from. It, it, you're right. If there's any chance that somebody was telling the truth, it definitely wasn't Hillary. Right, exactly. You know, and I will say, yes, maybe his motivation was to solidify something for his descendants. But on the other hand, maybe he just wanted to help people. 
Maybe. And you know, I'll tell you this. If you if your constituency, whatever you want to call it, if you're looking at people who are catering to like a Democratic base, a big government base, you're going to get more of that. If you're lying and you're catering to a small government base, that guy has to proceed with caution. So even if it is a setup, at least you have to take you have to take his foot off the accelerator a little bit. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We are talking about uh, how you feel about 2016. What were the best things, the worst things? What were the best things or the worst things about the Obama presidency, about that legacy? So we're going to get to your calls and your tweets at Monica Perez Show after the break. Live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. It's a Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, though that does move around a little bit. Next weekend, next Saturday, I'll be on from 5 to 7, giving my 2017 predictions. So hopefully that'll be a little... Better than actually, my last year predictions weren't were pretty good. I've gotten a lot of emails that I spotted some of the trends: the heroin, uh, opioid thing, the uh, increase in crime, real or perceived, uh, a lot of things. But I was surprised by the election, Not me and everybody else. But usually, I can uh, see the forest for the trees. Not this time. So, what was your what was the your impression of 2016, the best and the worst of 2016 for you, uh, let me know. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Give me a call right now, live, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, my producer, is here in studio. What do uh, what are, are my Twitter followers saying about the best and worst of 2016? Any responses? Yeah. Alan J. Sanders, he says that, one of the worst things of um, 2016 was the rise of the snowflakes. <laughs> he has WSB's own. So, yeah, the rise of the snowflakes, that is a great, I love that expression, trigger. I just, all those things yeah. were new expressions from 2016. Super funny. What else? He says that the best of 2016 was watching Trump school politicians to show them that you don't have to cower under the PC police. That is a great lesson for everybody, even if... Uh, no matter how deep you want to go into the rabbit hole, take uh, what you see is what you get for Trump or not. The fact is, I feel like if the liberty movement, which is where my ideology sympathizes, it, they can, instead of retreating from like Ron Paul's position of honesty and principles, even when he, he was literally booed. <laughs> for the for reciting the golden rule at a debate, a presidential debate, Ron Paul was. He was booed for it. But he stood alone on that stage and he shouted down the audience in a presidential debate. And you would think that's the kind of thing that would make you, quote, unelectable. But, of course, Trump was elected. So no matter what, you have to say, you have to, uh, I find it empowering and certainly give you courage. You got one more and then I want to get to these calls. Yeah. Where did Dean go? says that the most annoying thing in 2016 was all this talk about fake news as though as though if it were a new concept. Because fake news was the mainstream media. Exactly. 
Right. I mean, that's the thing. I, I've basically said this is fake so many times. My mother, like, I'll talk to her, and she'll say, like, what do you think about this? I'm like, ah, that sounds fake to me. She's like, everything's fake to you. I'm like, not <laughs> everything's fake, just what's on the mainstream media. If you yeah. wanted to talk to me about anything, even the local news, I'm fine with. It's just that it's just that cable, uh, national cable news that makes me... That's the fake stuff, in my opinion. I have like a running list of like 30 news stories, and I'm just barely scratching the surface that the mainstream media was was headline news in the mainstream media that turned out to be, you know, a hoax or just a lie. But even if even if it's real, even if you said there was never any such thing as a false flag or a hoax or any of that, the narrative is, I would say. 99% of the time, and even that 1% is attempted, like Rahm Emanuel style, to always use it. And that Saul Alinsky, I know you were reading a book, Rules for Radicals, which I also yeah. read. And like my takeaway from that book was uh, always make lemonade, no matter what the news story is, no matter what your plan was, no matter what actually happens, even if your conclusion, your recommendation is logically the opposite of what you should be thinking. Like with 9-11, the answer was evade Iraq. Who didn't do it? You know, like that. it's just like, whatever, we need to invade Iraq. Yeah. So so uh, for me, you, you can, for every, no big outlet, no mainstream media hits like 50 million eyeballs is wasted on, we're going to just tell you what's going on and you can decide how you want to use that information that's never how it's used yeah right they, they they deliver conclusions and if people are satisfied with those conclusions it doesn't matter if they're all fake because people will never go back to investigate and find oh, out if it's I, true or not i remember when shep smith said something like I mean, he might have actually said, so Putin killed all 300 people on that <laughs> flight that went down over Ukraine. And I'm thinking, I was like, one the, by one. the day, the day it happened, like within an, a couple of hours, I was like, okay, right. do you think that that is, you know, court of law stuff? And of course, no one was ever like, oh, we're well, issuing a retraction. No, a that's spontaneous not investigation and conclusion. Yeah. And so anyway, I don't even want to. Go down that road, although I think we'll have to go down that road as the Russia stuff, Ukraine, Syria starts bubbling up to the surface in 2017. But that is a topic for next week's show. I'm going to Mike in Marietta. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I was just uh, enjoying your show, by the way, but I was just going to have to admonish you just a little bit about um, uh, talking about Trump going back on his word and stuff. I mean, the man's not even president yet, and you've already decided he's not going to do anything. I think he's going to have a Department of Justice to do the things that need to be done to those who need them done to. I thought he... I think Hillary. I was spe specifically talking about... Didn't he say he was not going to prosecute Hillary, or did I misunderstand that? Well, when's the last time a president prosecuted anybody? I think there's a whole department yes. that does all that. So, I mean, it's not like um, I'm not going to go after. There's a whole organization that will. Do you be think? Do you think anyone will ever go after her? God, I hope so. I, gotta <laughs> say. <laughs> I know. I mean, people. That's the thing that really drove it was that it was such an insult. Well, to, yeah, because, I mean, if you and I did anything I that even looked like one of the itty-bitty things that she's done, we would already be, you know, talking, uh, you know, on different sides of plate glass. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hadn't it, seen it, anything like that since 
LBJ, who if you if you dig deep on LBJ, he he does give a run, give the Clintons oh, a run to yeah, their money. Yeah, my mom, my mom always told me she felt like he was behind JFK's demise. So. And he and there was some other thing that was actually a a murder that was really in the pipeline. As going to come out, uh, bubble up to the surface before he took office. <laughs> that just disappeared from the media. I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, look, there I was... love your show. Thank I just, you. I just wanted to right, throw good. that out there. Don't, don't whip the boy before he's done it. <laughs> he looks like he's done something or going to do something. Don't whip him before he actually does it. So yes, thank anyway. you, Mike. There's absolutely no call I enjoy more than a uh, friendly correction or a friendly disagreement. I absolutely love to exchange the ideas. I kind of want to change the paradigm of of uh, talk radio, or it doesn't have to be hostile, even if you don't disagree. And besides that, Mike's right. You want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, and I absolutely feel like the proof will be in the pudding, and we can just check it out. This is going to be a very, very interesting time. And... You gotta admit it, it. It wouldn't have been better, you know, under Hillary. No matter what, I lost a call. Joe was calling earlier. He didn't care if it was rigged. He's happy Trump won anyway. And and my feeling is, yeah, if if they if they had to give you a you know a victory, if they felt even if it's completely rigged, if they felt they had to give you a victory, maybe that in itself is is uh, is something to be happy about. I'm going to Ken in Powder Springs. Hi, Ken. You are on with Monica. Ken. Hey, uh, this is Ken. Hi, Ken. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, what I wanted to say is, uh, you know, this is uh, really I've been thinking about this a, a, a while. And uh, as far as Obama, he's going to go down as probably the worst president ever. Now, I had Bush there, and I think he's uh, surpassed him by quite a bit. Now, with that said, I'm not even worried about that because, you know, that's that's going to be his legacy. Now, as far as Hillary goes, she had no business even running. With everything that she did, she was not even eligible to run. And all she did with this server, the whole idea was to cover up her crime, everything that she was doing. You know, it just uh, it, it amazes me that anybody would even vote for something like that because she was bought and paid for. Yeah. And the funny thing about Hillary that had occurred to me, but don't hang up. I want to ask you something about Obama, that people compare Trump as like he wasn't a politician. He That's what was I like about him. He tells you straight up. He tells you exactly what he thinks, and I don't like that. You but know, he, he was also – he was – sorry. Okay, he, he was also charming and charismatic, whereas she actually never was that. She did not rise because of her uh, being a politician like almost everybody else ever did. She was the first lady, and then that opened the door to other things for her. So she was never this charming um, – person who made you feel good feel empowered feel like so she was all already somebody that you weren't going to be predisposed to like i mean it that that was something weird to be like he was trump almost has more of that he has more of that quality where he could generate a cult of personality where she could never ever do that let finish what you're saying then i want to ask you why you think obama will go down as the worst well just look at his record look at look at what's going on in the middle east 
it's a bee's, bee's nest in there now. What he did in Iraq, sure, Bush went in there, and I didn't, I didn't like that. But at least it was stable when he left. The way, the way Obama pulled out of there, all these young men that died over there is basically a slap in the face to them and their families. You know, I, it, uh, for yeah. something that Bush wouldn't even do. You know, I mean, when he he went in there, he was he was sitting there, and he had his daddy and whoever else, the governor of Texas, I believe, that pretty much got him in the guard, and he never even showed up. So it was yeah, that was that bad he too. Would not even do. I will so say though, there is a flip side to uh, uh, Obama's behavior, bad behavior, devastating legacy in the Middle East. Wasn't I, for me? It's not pulling out of Iraq. It's this secret war that he had not so secret i can't believe people don't even know about it against syria to have to to arm those rebels who were really mercenaries from other countries he i read in the council of foreign relations magazine foreign affairs which does not get more establishment that he that the obama administration dropped 20,000 bombs on syria and iraq in 2015 i mean that's a silent war that that spread terrorism and refugees like wildfire. So people, I think it's a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it, like a red herring or a canard, like a false narrative to say that Obama pulling back. I think that's a narrative used by people who want, not you, but people who want the media elements or power elements who want more war to say, oh, pulling back caused these problems. In my opinion, it was his uh, pressing what was an illegitimate war that we did not want without really getting any kind of congressional approval that created this problem and the inevitability for more war, no matter who was president next. So I think the rabbit hole is a little deeper on that. I'll take all calls, though, and whatever your view, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. It is 41 degrees outside the studio, and skies are overcast. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am going to Michael in Atlanta. Hi, Michael. You're on with Monica. Hey, uh, Monica. Happy New Year's Eve to you. How you doing? Happy New Year's. Good. How are you doing? Um, I've got a comment and a quick question for you. Okay. My comment is... Probably the worst thing that I had to deal with in 2016 with the Obama presidency was his ridiculous Obamacare. Mm -hmm. It did not help me. Each and every year I called, I had to wait on the telephone for over Mm -hmm. an hour. And the very first year that I called when, and they told me each year after that, you don't qualify, you don't make enough money. And it's, this is supposedly supposed to be for people like me that is not working, you know, but only part-time and can still get insurance, mm-hmm. total garbage. But this one moron, <laughs> the very first year, says, I'm sorry, you don't qualify for insurance or a subsidy, but would you do me a favor? And I said, what? And he said, will you call me back? Here is my phone number. When you become successful this year so that I can get you signed up for this? <laughs> and I said, I'm so glad you asked me that. And I said, hell no. (laughs) You honestly expect me to call you, you idiot? And I hung up the phone on him. Super frustrating. I believe that this moron asked me that. And the the problem with the government is 
Unlike private enterprise, you can't quit. You can't opt out. You can't go somewhere else and and just vote with your feet. That's what's so frustrating. That's just this march to the steady march to Marxism. Okay, what's your question? My question is uh, related to the election, and I'm the reason I call you so much. But I just have never asked you this: Are you a practicing Catholic? Oh my goodness gracious! Wow. Uh, I am a practicing Catholic. I, okay. I go to mass. I'm right I... assuming that you did not vote for Donald Trump. You voted for your libertarian candidate. I You're didn't vote for Hillary because she's. No, know, I didn't for... vote for anybody with a check mark. I just wrote in. Okay. So, right. but oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't usually mix my politics and my religion but uh that's a fair question what the heck so there you go threw me off a little bit i am going to play a game with finkley after the break real fake what's the agenda for the biggest stories of 2016 this is monica perez live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at wsb please take my hand now open your mind Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. When I can get it, when there's sports, I uh, sometimes move around. So next week, I'm going to be on Saturday, January 7th from 5 to 7, talking about my predictions for 2017. Today is December 31st, 2016, last day of the year. Happy New Year. Hope you have a great night. I'm looking forward to uh, having some fun. I always have like a massive diet in January, so this is a big night for me. Really? Yes, I can't. Uh, I always have to. The holidays just set me back like ten pounds, so I always have to hit the ground running. I mean, with, you're gonna tonight's a big night. What are you gonna do? Just to eat a lot. Oh, My okay. husband has a fourteen pound wagyu. A, a what? Roast, <laughs> which I do not know. He's just ridiculous. It's like he's cooking for an army. <laughs> And then it stays in the fridge. I'm supposed to eat it like all week long, which I'm not doing this time. Just put it out there, not eating the leftovers every day. So that's it. Nothing, not big by like single people standards. <laughs> I have to be home with my kid yeah. in bed. So, but I am looking forward to it. And I, and I love this show of the year because I look back on 2016. This is my producer, Binkley. It was an interesting year, and uh, we also have a show that we do on YouTube and iTunes called The Propaganda Report. If you want to check that out, the website's thepropreport.com, and you can get all our uh, episodes on there. And, Binkley, we actually did our most recent one was a list of, like, every major event, the top 40 events of the year. We went through what we thought was fake, what we thought was real, what we thought was spun, we're going to scale that back. I want to do something like that now, but uh, I want to just take, there was an AP poll, Associated Press poll, where people listed what their top 10 events of 2016 were. And what I want to do is, I want you to read those to me, 10 to 1, maybe we could do rapid fire or whatever, and I'll tell you not so much if they were fake or real, but what agenda item they are serving. First, I, I do have, uh, I want to get to Tony, who's on the line, I want to... 
talk some first, and I will take calls about uh, if you have an an event from 2016 you want to get my opinion on what the agenda is, give me a call at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet it at Monica Perez Show. Let me talk to Tony in Dawsonville. Hi, Tony. You're on with Monica. Hey there. Uh, the worst thing in 2016 was the Democrat Party was stupid enough to run Hillary and not run Joe Biden. And they, the best thing yeah. is just darn elections over. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But, uh, thank you so much. I'm also taking I will take the uh, calls on what the best and worst thing of 2016 was uh, at 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK. There, it was really a fatiguing year. I was getting sick of it because I always do the news story. The biggest news stories of the week is generally what I talk about on my show. And I was just getting burnt out on the election stuff. The themes in general were kind of, uh, you know, I think that there's like certain number of agenda items that the mainstream media will push any news that supports those agenda items. So I don't think you're really getting a full view of where people are. Like the, you know, there's one thing I always talk about that, how you can, the media manipulates people, the government, the institutions, academia, all that stuff, how it manipulates you. But there's an element of what people are really feeling and what their real ideals and principles are, what their priorities are. You can't, you can't suppress that totally. And I feel like the big agenda items are meant to shape how we think about what people are feeling. And maybe the Trump election, certainly one of the themes of the Trump election was uh, a lot of the bigwigs, the pundits missed the boat on what was really driving this country. You know, I, I do always think there's more to what we're hearing than sees the eye that, that, that meets the eye. Certainly the fact that they were talking about that as the takeaway lesson makes me wonder what they're trying to accomplish. But that's peeling the onion one layer too much. So, Binkley, I want, if you would, let's go from 10 to 1. Throw me out the event or the theme or whatever, and I'll tell you what I think the agenda item was. All right. The first one, number 10, is Hillary Clinton's emails. You know, that one I totally thought was just meant to make it look like she was battling some bad press, but it was just a big nothing burger, and it was. But I feel like or I, it was never as bad as some of the things I think she actually did. Like uh, having a private server wasn't as bad as what the emails I thought were actually going to say. But I, I see now I think a big part of the Hillary email thing was to set up a cyber war with Russia for the next administration. Yes. Uh, do you want to hear mine on that? Yeah. So that I don't say global government for every single one of these. Um, <laughs> some of my answers might be a little bit uh, you know, a little bit odd, but this one I'm going to say, to similar to what you said, a limited hangout to distract attention away from a global network of pedophiles. <laughs> that is not similar to what I said. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but that is interesting because what you're talking about is the Jeffrey Epstein thing, which a lot of people in the mainstream media think that the Jeffrey Epstein pedophile scandal is the same or in the same category as the Pizzagate scandal. They might be, but the difference is Jeffrey Epstein was actually convicted of it and went to jail for it, and he was one of the founders of the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton so, Global Initiative. They do differentiate between those oh, two. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Good. I like to be corrected. So I guess there's some of that. Uh, yes, I think there might be some of that. Certainly a lot of diversionary stuff in there. Okay, keep going. Number nine, the Supreme Court. That came up on several lists. So Antonin Scalia died, um, and... Of course, at first, you have to wonder if it was murder or what. And my mother, who prays to Antonin Scalia now. Wow. She prays to him. <laughs> Get your mind around that. Him and Mother Teresa, now Saint Mother Teresa, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Yeah. So but she, she pointed out that he, that he died after a big meal on a Friday during Lent, which she thought was... Uh, a, a narrative that was hard to buy. So see, sometimes having the interesting scoop. Yeah. So I don't know. I really never, I never got to uh, feeling like I had a conclusion about that one stumps me. Um, I don't know to maybe, maybe to launch justice again, Ginsburg's rap career. I don't get that. Joke. Saturday night live, <laughs> a character, justice Ginsburg, just, she raps. On the show. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I don't stay up that late. Thank goodness. What's next? Syria. Syria. The Syria thing is a false narrative to get us involved in a geopolitical maneuverings. Some people call it pipelinistan, that it's all about the oil and gas or at least about world power. It's not about saving the citizens of Syria from their own government. That's yeah, not what yeah. it's about. And so for me, the big thing about Syria is a false narrative to justify intervention on behalf of the military industrial complex not on the behalf of the syrian children i agree the agenda is is to create a pawn to create a humanitarian pretext for war keep going number seven the democratic party email leaks yes uh i guess they were meant to sink hillary which i did not see at the time and also, obviously, that's the big one that launched Pizzagate, I think. Or yeah. no, the Podesta emails launched Pizzagate. But this is the stuff that uh, is being used to justify even by Russia, right? And you end up the Russian uh, the co conflicts with Russia. Oh, going yeah, yeah. Right. This is the evidence they're using. This is the evidence <laughs> they're using for fake news, for alt-right, for Russia, for everything that they're doing to demonize. But it's not evidence. I know. There's no evidence. It's, it's, uh, it's an illusion, but it's what they're yeah. using. Number uh, okay. six is the attacks on police. Yes, that one, which is hand-in-hand hand with another one that's on this list, black men killed by police is how they word it, and the attacks on police. To me, that's the black versus blue dialectic, and it's meant to get to take our eyes off the fact that what used to be the story was the militarization of the police that had us united against some unconstitutional directions they were headed in, the the military equipment they were getting, and to make it a uh, racial issue so that we are divided as a population, so we think of it as only a black problem, and so that people on the right then sympathize with the cops and want to uh will say 
maybe take uh, not focus on the constitutional issues because there it's been elevated to this emotional side taking thing. So but ultimately, ultimately, it's for federal, national, central control of the police uh, and um, further erosion of the Bill of Rights. Yes, and it's also a lever that they have. Anytime they want to pull that lever and uh, use it as a divide and conquer race war tactic, they have it there. Oh yeah, and that gets your that gets your uh, riding going. Social media triggers. It's all anyway. So we're halfway through the list. Let's take a quick break. Come back for more. If you have an agenda item you don't know about, give me a call four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. For anything that happened in 2016, you want to know, what was the real purpose of giving it so much press? This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Tomorrow's high, 57, low, 40. Overnight, the weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So what we've been doing, Binkley and I, have been going through the biggest stories of 2016, according to an Associated Press poll, and talking about what we think the agenda items are, that what that this stuff doesn't get massive press like that if it isn't to serve uh, a purpose. And I'm talking about the big, you know, like Associated Press, for example. <laughs> and uh, they're not going to cover something around the clock if it doesn't serve an agenda item. But I'm going to finish. start, uh, we did the first half of that, and then I'm going to do the second half at the bottom of the hour. But since it is the last day of the year, I want to kind of reflect back a little bit on so the, so many Famous people died in 2016. It was actually kind of crazy. And I, the ones that for me, I found the most interesting or will remember the most fondly are probably not the ones who got the most uh, airtime, who got the most coverage. So I just wanted to throw out a couple of honorable mentions. So for my mother, I will say that Mother Angelica died. My mother loves Mother Angelica. So I have to uh, have to give a shout out there. I My number one was Alan Rickman, who I know is Dr. Lazarus, but uh, from Galaxy Quest. You mean is, Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> since I'm a massive nerd. I remember him from Galaxy Quest, which to me is like one of the best movies of all time. It's like a parody of Star Trek. <laughs> My husband's like, that movie's so dumb. I can't even watch half <laughs> of it. But anything sci-fi. Uh, so, yes, he's Hans Gruber from Die Hard. I don't even know. Greatest villain of all time. Really? Was it from Die Hard 1? I feel like I must have seen it. Die Hard, Die Hard 1, 1, yeah. All right. I guess I didn't see it. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Uh, Muhammad Ali, who I had the occasion to meet, which was pretty cool. Not this year, but he died this year. And uh, the guy, the actor who played Cato from the Pink Panther movies, again, this just shows my incredibly <laughs> dumb sense of humor, that he used to leap out. So the Pink, whatever, Inspector Clouseau would come home, and this guy would leap out of the closet. He was his, like, uh, manservant and just beat the crap out of him. <laughs> karate chop him so of all i was going through this list of 50 people whose names i recognized for having died in 2016 and the only one who made, drove me to youtube to start watching videos was Cato attacking inspector Clouseau. this is just a testament to how dumb it has to get for me to take a break from 
world news. But uh, so what? What do you? What have you got? What have I got on uh, celebrities that died? You can give anything you want. Well, you know, Prince was one of my favorites. Oh yeah, I liked Prince. Yeah. Um, can I give a shout out to my brother? Speaking of family celebrities. Uh, absolutely. It's his birthday today. He turns, uh, we'll say he turns 18. He's <laughs> celebrating an auto age at, down in Athens with his family. What's his name? Brian Binkley. All right. Happy birthday, Brian. I hope you're all listening. I can. Ju- I hope they're all giving us a little toast. Oh, I'm sure they a are. shout out. All right. Well, we're going to finish up our agenda items for the rest of the big stories of 2016. You can chime in if you have any questions. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Live and festive in the public's Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.75 back, please, Brad. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. See, that's in celebration of Brad Bailey. That's, that's who, just my favorite clip. Isn't it the best who joined the show in 2016? Do you remember that? Do you think people know what that clip was from? Do you Probably. know what that clip is from? Yeah, it's uh, Days and Confused, right? No, FaceTime's oh. at Richmond. Oh, right, right, yeah. That's the guy working in the uh, the French fry place or the hamburger hamburger joint. Yes, yes, that's you, Brad. So, <laughs> well, Brad, you're going to have to give me some more of these rapid-fire AP poll top stories of 2016, and I'm going to tell you what I think, or we can talk about what we think the agenda items are for these news stories. So my premise, just in case people missed uh, earlier in the show, this is Monica Perez. I'm the libertarian on WSV. <laughs> and uh, I, we've been taught, uh, for me, anything that gets round-the-clock worldwide coverage from the mainstream media is they do not waste the power of that by just telling you objectively what they think are the most important news stories and let you figure out what they mean to you. That I do not think is what's happening. Whatever it is, whether it's real or fake or a false flag or a genuine event, it is spun by the media for an agenda purpose. Anything that makes the top 10 is going to have an agenda purpose. That's why it's pushed. So we got through the top five. If you don't, if you haven't heard those, you want to go back and listen to the podcast. We always post those. On our new website, thepropreport.com is in the Propaganda Report. You can hear that probably early in the week. And uh, let's keep going. We're down to number five. Number five, the worldwide terror attacks. Okay. I saw, I predicted that. So I do a prediction show at the beginning of the year. I predicted that a couple of years ago that our allies would start experiencing terrorism uh, in their homelands, which was not uh, clear that that was going to happen. It has happened, and it seems to me, I thought that it was 100% to to get them on board with war in the Middle East for us to invade Syria, to stop the flow of terrorism and refugees. Of course, I think it's the opposite, that, that actually going in there and blowing up those countries creates the problem. But I thought it was that, that they would experience terrorism just to garner support for those wars. Now, when I read... Uh, especially about Germany, it is crystal clear that that the number one goal, at least right this second, for those terrorist attacks uh, being either created or spun instead of just ignored and mm-hmm. taking the power out of it, they're pumped up constantly to get the Europeans to buy into the total information state, the total surveillance state. That's what I think it's all about. 
I'm going to go with to keep people in a constant state of fear and anxiety so they remain dependent on mass government. That goes into something we talked about, I think, on episode four of the Propaganda Report, which you can get online at thepropreport.com. But it's to that we talked about how the strategy of tension was something that was actually used by the Allied powers after World War II in Europe to actually create false flag attacks where real people died to discredit the communist politicians and that ultimately the goal was to discredit the democratic process in total so Mm. that the military could get a greater role in governance going forward. I haven't ruled that out as something that's on the table going forward in the West. Yeah. So, okay, keep going. All right, number four, the Pulse nightclub attack in Orlando. Okay. First of all, I did... uh, I did reiterate what the X-22 report, which I haven't listened to in a while, but at the time I remember him saying 2016 would be the year of the lone wolf, and boy was he right. (laughs) He really was. I actually wrote an article about the Pulse nightclub massacre. The article was about an article that laid out the agenda item. So it was a Wall Street Journal article right after Orlando happened, laying out what what we need to do in the wake of Orlando. And there were five items in it. You can you can find the article. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes of this podcast when it comes up. It was unbelievable. It was so like he didn't even wait for um, the uh, the street to open up again in front of the Pulse nightclub. That they this uh, a Council of Foreign Relations member wrote, one, we need to uh, make illegal these, whatever, assault weapons, rifles that are semi-automatic, disarm Americans is my, <laughs> is the agenda item. They, he, he, a big thing with Orlando was we had him, the FBI was investigating him, but that dang due process really screws us up. I mean, we should be able to take people's rights away without due process. So it was to create this class of pre-criminals who are under surveillance, who don't have rights. He goes back to it and says uh, he should not, this guy should not have been able to work as a guard or buy guns since he had been investigated by the FBI. So that's like, it doesn't have to be convicted, it has to be investigated. That's what the watch lists are about, the no-fly list. It's about being able to identify you as a pre-criminal and start taking away. And I, I feel like that's going to fold into the propaganda stuff, to the censorship, to fake news, because real people, you know, this is a big theme. Real people get hurt because of fake news, social media. It's going to be about thought control. All that stuff is going to go into pre-criminal status, which will have real a real impact on your liberty. And then uh, o- overall, I think, expanding the police state the guy calls for more guards and metal detectors at clubs and malls. This is all coming out of Orlando, the Orlando massacre, and also to escalate the war in Syria. He says we need to drop more bombs and send more troops into <laughs> Syria to defeat ISIS, which, of course, it creates ISIS. It spreads ISIS. So so they take these agenda items. They apply them to any kind of event they can manufacture or hook onto, and then you see the the march towards the totalitarian state. That was a huge one. I'm not going to take that much time. For right, anyone. right. Did I hit them all? It, it, you got anything else? Yeah. Well, it also did wonders for the uh, the shooter's father's YouTube page traffic. Probably got a lot of <laughs> subscribers out of it. That guy had been. See, this is why I wonder what the real stories are. That guy had been had taken selfies at the White House, yeah. um, and then they kind of like tried to drown out. That suspicious fact by having him in the background when Hillary was speaking at a rally. It was like this was that was kind of like the way Pizzagate, true or false, drowns out Epstein, true. 
this guy behind Hillary drowned out the fact that he was he was uh, haunting the White House. Right. You know, He's before. an odd bird, that's for sure. It was super crazy. So, okay, keep going. Number three, the black men killed by police. That we covered a little bit earlier, hand-in-hand hand with attacks on police, black versus blue. I'm just going to, in a nutshell, say it's meant for us to all cry out for um, uh, central control of policing, either because you think they're out of control or because you think they need more authority. Right. It's strange that they differentiated those two on the same list in the top ten when they're you know so tightly connected. It's kind of like the the Black Lives Matter all lives matter debate that people have there which is now the blue lives matter blue lives matter right so okay. yeah number two is brexit that one for me is a tricky one i feel like it's possible that because i it's obvious that george soros and the power elite want europe to be a regional entity that he had actually been on record saying we will continue to promote Russia as an enemy to unite Europe. Maybe this idea that there's a nationalist faction within their own societies will drive these people to actually ultimately, when the pendulum swings back, not only embrace a regional Europe, but kind of uh, bring a even more kind of world government, true world authority so we think the pendulum is swinging one way, and yes, maybe it is, but, yeah. but if it swings back, it might have more force. Yeah, I think that one of the purposes of Brexit was speaking to that was to put the idea of world government in the collective consciousness so people are more aware of it. Yeah, could be because it is globalism, nationalism. It right. is it's important. an alternative to the nationalism that they are uh, telling people is going to lead to violence. Right. The last one, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one on the list of top ten news stories of the year are the U.S. elections. Yes, I have to agree with that as the story could be 80 percent or or the top nine could be Trump winning. I I, I'm going to this is a deep thought, you know, so so uh, and we don't have time to get like a thousand calls in response to it. But I'm just going to throw it out there. Let it hang in the air. We're going to talk about it a lot over the next four years. But here is what I think. I'm going to characterize it as right cover, left cover, that the whole two-party psyop, the two-party paradigm that left and right really represent us at the top is preserved by this. And it it does two things. It allows us to have, I, I believe Trump has promised, I don't think there's any mystery about this, bigger spending, more debt. He says it's not going to be more debt, but I have a feeling we're going to have more debt, higher interest rates. There, he, there'll be some right cover for encroachments on the Bill of Rights. When the Republicans are in charge, there's less pushback. Uh, when they, uh, the Bill of Rights is not as staunchly defended. It's just called right cover the way left cover is used, so that somebody like Obama can drop twenty thousand bombs on Syria and Iraq in twenty fifteen. And this is, if you haven't heard it on my show, you probably haven't heard it at all. That's left cover. The left will cover up for that. And, uh, you know, I'm down in the rabbit hole. So for me, small bombs, right? Didn't you tell me they were small? Oh, I was with a driver. uh, Somebody was driving me around, a professional driver, picked me up from the airport. And he said, yeah, but those were very small bombs. And I just (laughs) thought, you know, if you think of 20,000 small bombs on a small country like Syria, it's like whatever, 100,000 bombs here. Is there any bomb small enough for us not to be like, hey, man, (laughs) stop dropping bombs on my country? 
I don't know. <laughs> so the whole thing, I just, I'm, I'm going with preserving the two-party uh, PSYOP. I would agree with that. It compels people to participate and validate a corrupt system, thus maintaining the illusion. Yeah, and it did restore faith in our system. And, and you know, maybe that's warranted. Maybe the fact that they had to do that was meant that they had just gone too far. I don't know, but I'm definitely back down the rabbit hole. I got out of it for a little while, just like, whoa, what happened You there? can't resist the rabbit hole. Because it's the, the narratives on the surface just don't make sense. We're going to wrap it up. After the break, uh, this is Monica Perez with Brad Binkley. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Showers and storms likely with a high of 64 forecast for Monday as the work week begins. But that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So we are wrapping it up, the last show of the year on the last day of the year. It is New Year's Eve, so Happy New Year's to you all. Hopefully 2017 will be at least a little less stressful than 2016. I feel like I lost more sleep in 2016. Worried, shocked, thinking too hard. Maybe 2017 <laughs> will be easy. Maybe we'll get some softballs for, for that year. No thinking required in 2017. <laughs> yes, no thinking. Wouldn't that be great? That's maybe why I like these dumb shows like Galaxy Quest and the Pink Panther, because I just need to stop thinking once in a while. <laughs> I'm going to do that real soon because I am just going to kick my shoes off for New Year's Eve. I am... We got through the biggest stories of the week, 2016, and uh, talked about what was on the agenda. If you missed it and you want to hear the podcast, go to our website. Binkley and I do some uh, off-air shows, but we also post the podcast of this show from WSB on our website, thepropreport.com. That's prop as in propaganda, thepropreport.com. And you know what we should do, Binkley, is... I, I did not get to my biggest predictions of 2016, what I got right and what I got very, very wrong. <laughs> so I think we should do a show on that, like YouTube show, iTunes show, whatever, Propaganda Report, and um, post that maybe in this week to come. All right. That sound Sounds good? good to me. All righty. And then next Saturday, January 7th from 5 to 7, we'll do on WSB. Predictions for 2017. Hopefully I can at least get the big ones right. And that's what we'll do. So I want to take one more call. Reggie, you've been on hold. I want to give you the last word on the last show of the last day of the year. Well, hey, Happy Reggie. New Year to you, Monica. Thank hey, you. Long time no here. Uh, yes. I would like to know, I would just like to know, what exactly, what do you think about the mainstream, mainstream corporate news media bringing up or using the term fake news? To describe Fox News Channel and all these websites that have come on onto the scene as of late, or come down the pike as of late, I over don't the, all over the internet. Yeah, I don't think that they're using it to describe Fox News or the the mainstream stuff. I think that what they're doing with that is trying to turn on its ear because what we used to call anybody who realize that the big national cable news stuff is so agenda-driven 
that we would call that fake news. I mean, you could see stuff. I remember investigating various events and finding within one news source contradictions of the actual story without retractions. They'll retract that they got somebody's middle initial wrong, but they don't retract that they they got uh, that Shep Smith said that Putin killed 300 people in MH17. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for us who were already kind of jaded by the mainstream media, uh, we called that the fake news. So so on the one hand, I think they're trying to flip the tables on that, but on a much more serious basis, I saw this coming before the election. I thought it was going to be Hillary who shepherded it in, but maybe the Democrats have just run out of runway when it comes to cramming down the Bill of Rights that – the the next phase of kind of total information control is going to be censorship and all this fake news stuff is just crying out for a kind of ministry of truth a central scrutinizer if you're a zappa fan to go and look at everything that comes up and label it or suppress it and i think the number one way that's going to happen the most effective thing is going to be when Google, or particularly Google, but anybody who runs ads, that's how independent media pays for itself, is actual ads that pop up without any connection, without any judgment call. You can have a truther, prepper website with Kroger ads on it, you know, because people are not going to hold they don't expect the advertisers to judge, censor, curate the news. Well, Google's going to do that now, or that's what it looks like where we're headed. And I think that was the main purpose of this fake news story was to tee us up for a highly controlled information environment. The last eight years have been about controlling our information, about them collecting it all about surveillance. I think going forward, the next phase of that is going to be censorship and propaganda about them controlling the information we see. So great question. Thank you so much, Reggie, for the call. It's been a great year. You can get all our podcasts from the year at thepropreport.com, or you can go to my website, monicaperezshow.com. And we will be back next Saturday, January 7th from 5 to 7. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez.